Welcome, Michael Hill, editor of InfoSecurity Magazine, to Judges on Fire, the Tech Trailblazers podcast that um, interviews our judges. So uh, welcome on board, new with us for our ninth edition. Thanks for joining, Michael. Thanks so much for having me. Great, great to be here. Brilliant. So it'd be great to understand, um, so that anybody who doesn't know um, InfoSecurity Magazine and perhaps has not dealt with you or come across you before, to to give us an overview of the publication and also, you know, yourself and and the stuff that interests you. Sure, yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm Michael Hill. I'm the editor of InfoSecurity Magazine. Um, I've been with the magazine now um, four and a half years. It will be five years kind of in, in uh, December. So I actually came on board as the deputy editor um, in that role for, for a couple of years um, back when Eleanor Dalloway was the editor and she had been for, for all, several years and then she went away to have a second uh, child and I, I stepped up into the role editor for that maternity leave and then when she came back into the business there was a bit of a restructuring with her um, moving into a kind of director um, editorial role so I actually then um, took on the editor role uh, on a full-time basis and that's what I've been doing for the last year two two and a half years really um so yeah information security we are very much focused on uh, cyber security so the security of people's data, uh, data privacy. Um, so we cover a lot of things within that topic. So things like the uh, big breaches that companies are, are having. Again, data privacy implications, data privacy rights. Um, we try and um, have a real mix of content in our magazine, uh, which is uh, obviously daily news, but we try to write a lot of uh, interviews with industry figures. Uh, we do weekly webinars as well, sometimes two webinars a week. Uh, where we explore various topics really within the sector. Um, so we're, we're mostly online and that's where the majority of our topic lives, obviously, but we do actually still print as well. So we print the magazine quarterly. Um, several years ago, it, it was more regularly than quarterly. It was once a month, I believe, but obviously print, print media kind of is what it is now. But um, it's nice to still have a, a, a physical print uh, issue that, like I say, goes out four times a year. Um, and we're quite proud of that. And uh, yeah, we put a lot of work into that every every few months so yeah then that, that's kind of us in a nutshell really brilliant and do you want to give us a little bit of you know how did michael end up being a journalist how did you get involved with cyber security a little bit of your background perhaps yeah yeah sure so um uh at university i studied english lit with creative writing and um even though that was oh that's quite a long time ago now it was always kind of, i always wanted to be you know working editorially or to be writing or to be involved in publishing. It was something I always found quite interesting, quite enjoyable. Um, had a great time in uni, um, came out of uni as a lot of people do, um, wanting to kind of get into the journalism field and, and stuff. But I think a lot of people do come out of university hoping to become a journalist. It seems like a cool, you know, fun uh, career to have, jetting all over the world. You know, you, you grew up watching films like Superman, who was a Clark Kent, was a journalist and, and stuff. Um, but the reality was I found it difficult to get any kind of uh, paid work internship out of uni just because there were so many people looking to do it. And um, so I looked at that for a few months and ended up uh, taking a, just a, a admin job in, in insurance, um, just a local one, just for just for something to do, thinking I'd do it for a year or so and, and then try and uh, have a, 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 another go at writing. A couple of years down the line, best part two, well, two and a half years, um, I was still in that, in that same job. So then made the decision that I wanted to give the writing another go and had a look around internships and, and you know, entry level jobs. 
and I was really lucky to 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 get one um, and a media company um, that's actually called This Is Our Town. Uh, it was more of a lifestyle uh, media brand. But they covered everything, yeah, from from you know, sports, from food and drink, theatre, general lifestyle um, and, and things as well, fashion. Um, I got an internship there uh, where I managed to, to stay for six months. Obviously, it was um, expenses paid only, so it was an interesting time moving from a really well-paid full-time job into that, but it, it was something I wanted to give a go to. Um, luckily it went really well uh, and from there I kind of moved quite quickly around the publishing uh, sector. I moved to work at the uh, University of Law uh, in Surrey where in the publishing department for, for about uh, six months. Um, I then moved again to work for a, a medical publication which was uh, actually orthopedic surgery. Um, so that was more, that wasn't so much writing, that was more uh, um, editing, proofing, getting things into house style and working quite heavily on the um, the publication process of the different journals. So I was there for a year and then um, I was looking to move again. And this is when um, cybersecurity came up, I guess. Uh, you know, I uh, saw that advert for a deputy editor. I thought, you know, I'd, I'd like to kind of have that step up and move into a more senior role. I like the idea that it was going to involve more writing than I had been doing for the last year or so. Um, but in terms of my sort of tech background and cybersecurity interest, it, it wasn't something that was particularly, particularly passionate about previously. I mean, I you know I'd always liked technology and stuff and found it interesting. But I, you know, I, I think it was one of those things where I wanted to be a journalist. I wanted to write and tell stories. Um, the cybersecurity topic was just something that just seemed to kind of just find me really. And I, my knowledge of it when I first went in or came in uh, to the magazine was you know, very little. You know, I knew who um, McAfee was, John McAfee, because he's a bit of a playboy guy. You see the newspapers a bit and um, you know, I knew what antivirus was, but um, it was all quite new to me. So it was quite a, quite a steep challenge to come into the industry. Um, but what I would say the last kind of four and a half years is, um, the industry is entirely different than I think the other any kind of vague perceptions that I had years ago of what information security is and what IT security is. It's uh, luckily for me anyway. I found it not overly technical. It's actually more kind of rooted in human behaviours and human psychology, which I actually find is really really interesting. With a kind of layer of tech, I guess uh, beneath it. So yeah, so no background in tech or cybersecurity, but here I am, I guess. There we go. There we go. Well, obviously things have changed a little bit in the years since you've uh, sort of taken on that that initiative. Um, and I think certainly from my exposure um, to cybersecurity professionals, they do surprisingly they're very open. They a lot of them who are very high profile use things like Twitter, and so you do get exposure quite quickly to a lot of the, you know the ins and outs of the whole thing. Um, there are a lot of, you know, very well-rounded, very experienced cyber, prof you know, cybersecurity professionals who I'm sure are more than happy to give you their opinions. Um, so obviously you're joining us uh, to be one of the judges and you'll be looking primarily at the cybersecurity startups. And I know Obviously, for Info Security Magazine is targeted quite aggressively by the cybersecurity startups, as well as obviously other cybersecurity vendors. Um, how how have you found the kind of things that are interesting? Because I think there's something like, according to Crunchbase, fifteen thousand cybersecurity, God forbid, uh, startups 
which is a phenomenal amount of organizations who are coming up with a you know potentially new or me too stuff which is potentially better cheaper faster more comprehensive what kind of things have you seen say over the last few years that you think have been particularly interesting or initiatives from the cybersecurity world yeah absolutely right and what you you know the number of startups that are in the field i think you know Cybersecurity sector is some is a is a field that's evolved a lot dramatically in the last well ten years. If you compare it with other industries, which have you know take, had a lot longer, I guess, to kind of progress, maybe a bit slower. But one particular thing, particularly from my perspective, when it comes to startups and, and new companies, is because cybersecurity is a sector that does uh, change and evolve so quickly um, that actually it relies heavily on new companies who can come into the to the market with new ideas. They see new niches. They they have new approaches to things, and I think that's that's actually key. I think it's more key in an industry like cybersecurity and IC tech because of how quickly it's moving. And so when you you know when you come across new companies that are actually for me personally, and this is something I've been seeing in the last few years, who initial focus is really kind of on the user, on you know sort of looking at authentication, I guess, but with the user in mind. So I think there's been a tendency in the past where authentication has, has kind of um, you know not put the user front of mind and it's kind of um, been too focused on cumbersome processes just to ensure security and leaving the user in a bit of a limbo where they try to work around it or they just avoid it altogether and um, so I do like to see companies that are really you know coming forward with these ideas about putting the user at, at, at the, the forefront of uh, the technology they're putting together to give a more kind of streamlined um, user-friendly experience which I think if you can master that you result in better security and if you don't then you're going to have issues with like i say users finding workarounds or, or just avoiding the technology altogether because they find it slow it slows them down uh, so yeah that's been something that's been particularly interesting to me the last the last couple of years around the authentication piece but with the user kind of um yeah front of mind wow and certainly from you know looking at what will be happening over the sort of the coming months as we sort of opened up for entries now and um, then obviously in sort of September we'll be closing off and then you'll be getting a chance to have a look at it. What's new for this year is that we're actually going to give the shortlisted companies an opportunity to do kind of a lightning talk on something like you know Zoom or Teams or whatever. So um, hopefully that's something you may be able to join us for for this hub security sheet list as well, just so you get a bit of an insight from them. Sort of moving forward, I think one of the things that, you know, would be good to see is, is there anything in particular that will be of interest to you? Are you going to get particularly excited if you see certain challenges being addressed? certain obstacles being overcome from a cybersecurity? Because obviously you talk to a lot of end users as well. You talk to CISOs, you talk to IT security professionals, you know, on a very regular basis, you interview them, you know, you, you talk to them with regards to what they're doing. Um, well, what kind of things do you think you will be resonating for you where you would go, yes, a few people have said this is an issue and this is something that addresses that? Yeah, sure. Well, there's a few... Uh, areas that kind of stand out to me and if you'd have asked me six months eight months ago they would have stood out to me then as well so that's very much looking at the, the cloud for example you know a lot of a lot of uh, people we speak to you know they bring up the cloud as a you know a, a real area of, of challenge you know it's growing again at such a pace that a security angle there particularly with you know 
outsourcing to cloud services and, and stuff, um, ensuring the security uh, balance is right. That's quite a challenge for companies, I think. So certainly in the cloud, and I would actually kind of tie in with that a bit of IoT as well. That's always been interesting for me. And I guess another thing which is growing and getting bigger all the time, you know, we get more and more devices which are built with um, connectivity as, as standard. But there does still seem to be this kind of issue with manufacturing side, security just not being up to the standard that it needs to be in builds. So something that takes into particular consideration the cloud and IoT, I'd find very interesting. But obviously, given this year and the way that things have, have turned out and have happened and the place we find ourselves in now, um, something that's also particularly interesting is, you know, that what's going to become, or what is the norm now and what's going to be normal for the next couple of years, which is um, a far more agile remote workforce. Um, and with that, new approaches to security. So I think now's a great time for, you know, startups and younger companies looking, looking at the key challenges that organizations are facing all over the world. And that really is how can we make, how can we improve security? So how can we adapt and flourish in what's considered the new normal, um, with the understanding that workforces are going to be far more agile than they ever were, far more remote and the technology piece, how do you use, you know, you've got all these kind of, um, apps growing now, you know, zoom and like we talk about there. Um, how can we use these new forms of communication securely, but also companies are going to have to reassess their security approaches, security strategies. How do they, how do they deal with responding to events that, 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 that occur? Who handles that process? So it's definitely going to be an interesting time. I would say the rest of this year. And for me, probably the next couple of years going forward in, in terms of how companies adapt. So one of the interesting, because IoT um, is one of our categories as well, so there might be some interesting companies coming forward with regards to that as well. Cloud also, you know, cyber security and cloud have been our most popular categories for entries and also the male and female tech trailblazers, which is something we introduced a couple of years ago. But I'm, I'm kind of curious because AI has always been seen as being a bit of a, ooh, this is going to make cyber security you know, this is going to really drive things forward. Are you seeing that as being an interesting area that you think might be where a lot of the startups will be playing into? Yeah, again, so AI is one of those topics that, yeah, does come up with a lot in conversations, you know, when we, well, back obviously when we could all go to physical events and stuff, it was, you know, you used to see a lot of conversations around it and you used to see a lot of reference to it. Um, I think it's an interesting one. I think that's been quite a few years now that's been kind of the buzzword. And like, I do think it's, is slowly maturing to the point where I think companies are kind of starting to get a bit of a grip on what does it actually mean? What does AI mean? What does machine learning mean? Uh, what does automation mean? What, you know? So I think one thing I would say with that is there needs to be, I think, greater understanding on the different facets of AI because it, is, it isn't just robots that learn. And I think it's kind of helping companies understand what level of AI, artificial intelligence, they can use within their company that works for them. So is it kind of more deep learning? Is it a, just a machine learning angle? Um, so that's interesting. Uh, but I think it's something the company still needs support on because it, it, it's still, it is still evolving. And it, I think it, it needs a bit of, not standardization, but I think companies need a bit of um, structure to fully understand it and fully use it and sort of come away a bit from the, the buzzword thing of you know, AI and maybe kind of drill down a bit into, okay, what does that actually mean? Mm, yeah, because it is seen as a lot of automation within the process as well, isn't it? Cool. And we have um, a structure which gives points for 
certain elements and what what would be your advice because i know that you've been involved with awards previously you obviously get to look at an awful lot of sort of pitches from people talking about what they think you know your readers are going to be interested in what what do you think would be your advice to people who are submitting and what do you think they you want them to focus on and what do you want them to to sort of prove to you what evidence do they need well yeah for me and like i mentioned earlier I think a big element of modern security, successful security, is is the human side of things, is fully understanding that no matter what technology you're implementing, no matter what you're trying to achieve, um, you need your humans to be effective and kind of on board with it. And I think they need support with doing that. I do think in the past there's been a tendency for security to to, to kind of forego the, the user-human element. Um, I think that if you can find a way of securing things clearly and, you know, you're able to kind of clearly show what you're trying to achieve without hampering the user's experience at the user, end of the day, employees and users, whether they're at work or at home, they just want to get on and do what they want to do. Mm -hmm. um, but I think if you can come up with a way of kind of keeping them at the front of what you are trying to achieve and involving them in the process so that it isn't. But don't feel as though they're having to jump through hoops just to, just just to try and do a simple thing. And I guess it's kind of streamlining the authentication and identity management process, really. Um, but like I say, always having the 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 user, the human user, at the heart of what you want to uh, achieve from your security um, approaches, really. Oh, fantastic. So. Kind of looking beyond that, but we we like to have a little bit of fun in these things. Not just talk about the awards, not just talk about what you do on a day to day basis. But and you've you've kind of almost answered this next next question inadvertently. So um, just to kind of give a bit of a personal spin on things, what superhero would you be if you were going to be a superhero? You've already mentioned one, so I think you might have already <laughs> marked your card with regards to that. Well, that's a good point, actually. That there's so many to choose from, and I'm a big super superhero fan. Um, I've always had a real soft spot for Spider-Man, um, even though I mentioned Superman earlier. I don't think I quite look like a Clark Kent, but I think I could probably pass for a Peter Parker. So I'm going to say Spider-Man. Um, yeah, let's stick with that. Yeah, cool. Well, now you're, now you're Spidey. <laughs> Surfing the web. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Both literally, well, certainly literally. So uh, beyond that, what you, if we look at stuff to the future? I mean, obviously there will be startups that you'll be you'll be seeing that are kind of in the reality of today. But if you look at sort of the broader technology beyond cybersecurity, what do you think? What would you be your predictions of what we'll be seeing over the next sort of decade or so that will be big advances in technology? Mm. Oh, a decade, a long time of technology, that's the thing. Very long time. We can rein it back a bit. <laughs> um, well, I, I do think eventually the AI um, piece will kind of all tie together. I think it's getting there. But like I kind of mentioned, I won't dwell on it, but I think there's a lot of confusion. It's not entirely clear exactly how AI technology works and how we can actually fully use it to its full potential. I also think that um, we're going to see wider standardization around technology. So IoT, for example, uh, I'm not saying this is going to be an easy thing to ever achieve, 
I do think there needs to be some kind of global, you know, standardization around the uh, manufacturing of IoT devices. Um, particularly when you look at kind of how much um, regulations are actually evolving and changing now. Obviously, GDPR a couple of years ago, uh, this year we had the CCPA, which is over in California. So I think you're going to see a lot more countries, a lot more regions across the world looking to implement kind of more strict regulations. And I think it's going to, again, you're going to have to find a standardization of how those regulations can work together with regards to technology and, and data privacy. Um, again, yes, IoT, I mean, I get, you know, vehicles and stuff. Again, it's something that's been discussed for quite a long time now, but it is it is slowly getting there and industrial infrastructures as well. You know, more and more uh, of those are becoming smart facilities. But again, that's highly dangerous when you're talking about um, critical infrastructure um, that's, you know, that, a nation or you know a, a town or a city is de dependent on and um, how can you ensure they are secure as well um so i think there's going to be a lot i do think uh, yeah a lot of good things are going to happen in the next 10 years and i do think you know automation at, at its basic uh, principle is going to be behind a lot of a lot of that i also think that there'll be more uh, input and more focus put on um, recruiting into the security industry and tech industry from kind of more diverse backgrounds and stuff i think there has to be I think some good work's been done on that in the last few years um, in terms of kind of trying to, to address the, you know, the gender imbalance, I think it's getting better, but there's, there's many forms of diversity. And I think actually more and more companies now are, are seeing the benefits of, of uh, diverse workforces. And that's something which could be uh, helped along the way with, uh, you know, far more remote workforces where maybe people can, can work, you know, the large majority of the time remotely. Um, and don't need to come into the office at all, which maybe a year or so ago, companies weren't really on board with that. So mm -hmm. who knows, maybe that kind of remote move can actually help uh, make the work workforce more diverse. No, definitely. I mean, certainly, obviously, we have our male and female tech trailblazers as categories. And I certainly think for, for having looked at it from the outside, I think one of the things that perhaps has been the leveler is the ability for people to work remotely and obviously, hopefully, um, kids will be going back to school. So returning to work mums or returning to work dads will be able to not have to come into an office. And yeah. that will make, you know, childcare issues, the things around balancing work-life balance. Oh. It is going to sort of level, you know, a bit more level playing field across for everybody. There'll be less international travel, so there'll be less pressure for people to be away from home yeah so a lot of the things i think which have perhaps possibly been barriers particularly for women as as new mums or existing mums to having to make a compromise yeah we're now not having to necessarily do that and we can we have shown that people can be just as effective doing what we're doing here not meeting for a coffee down at soho or you know in New York for an event or wherever that may be, but you can actually get the job done in different ways. You know, yeah. it doesn't have to be the way that we've always done it. This has made us rethink about how we're doing things. Yeah, that, yeah, that's right. It has. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much, first of all, for joining us as part of our esteemed judging panel. So our ninth edition in 2020. So it's great to have you on board, Michael. Uh, and thanks for joining us for the podcast as well. So, you know, being a judges on fire, it will be great for people to understand a little bit more about what you're interested in. So thank you for taking the time for that. No problem. Thanks so much for having me.